don't be afraid of the darkness. You should be afraid of the shadow, something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. It's awesome, man. I mean, hey, you know this. Something like this, you know, you know when a, when a child is faced with something like this, I'm sure you would agree with me, JML, that something like this, you know, gives them a little bit of hope. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. like Connor, you know, uh, from uh, what was it now? A couple of years back. Yes. Or a year back with, uh, you know, meeting Daniel Bryan. Well, that was a couple of years, like, how they, how that played out. But, you know, he gave that little boy hope, and he hung, hung around a lot longer than anyone thought he would. Um, and I think, you know, and part of that had to be um, him forming relationships with his idols. You know his uh, Daniel Bryan, Kane, and, and everyone else that uh, you know he was watching on TV. He, he had real life relationships with them. Certainly, that's right. And uh, you know, whenever a child, you know, whenever a child dreams of what he or she wants to be when they grow up, and all, uh, you know, you're not surprised half the time. You know, they talk about, you know, in the long run, they talk about doing something like this and. And then they get a little bit older, and they realize, you know, what they have to do, and they still hold on to that dream. It's it's quite amazing, obviously. But uh, this this uh, Connor and also this little boy right there is really it's kind of you know changed my perspective as far as wrestling goes. I mean, I've always loved you know the old school stuff, and then, don't get me wrong, we all grew up watching watching all that back in the day. And we're still big fans of it, but I mean, I mean, a little, a little bit different atmosphere with, you know, you know, get, trying to get back, you know, to the, to the, those in need and those who look up to these, these guys and gals. I mean, you got, you got to give the WWE, you know, you know, a, a, a hats off. I mean, that's, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. I also see, we, I also see, and Jay, man, we gave. Uh, your infamous tag team partner, a new nickname last on last night's Revolution. Now you'll get a kick out of this. I'd like for you to meet King NWO, GTS Gerard T. Smith, <laughs> and also the Hall of Famer Queen Diva, the Black Widow Michelle Van Dodds. Your Highness Michelle, welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Revolution. Hello. Hey yo, peasants. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, uh, Michelle. Yes. Yes, JML. Yeah. King of the world, you know what, and I'm you know King what, NWO. You know what GTS's real nickname is, though? What is it? Does anyone know? No? No. I think the song says it now. No, what is it? It's Fish Boy to Fish Man. Ah. Yes, I have a tattoo actually that says that as well. Oh, oh and speaking mm. and speaking and speaking of Gerard and Michelle, I think guys um, and JD, we got to we got to tell one on you, my man. Uh, Monday yes. afternoon show, <laughs> uh, right about I don't know what was it about maybe thirty some minutes into the show. I'm not yes. sure how long it was. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, um, JD had a mystery caller um, call into the show. They were they were talking about uh, 
uh, of course, health, the health issues going on with Hall of Famer Superfly Jimmy Snuka and also um, uh, another great wrestling talent, Jerry Lynn. And um, and I and uh, this mystery caller uh, sounded kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> uh, was given that was given JD all the props in the world for hosting a great show, and also um, also this person really knew their stuff. Uh, and and uh, and and, J- and JD and JD went to ask. Is there anything else you wanted to add add today, caller? Well, I was just going to say and that. That, for, like, well, and that, that person, per- that, that, that person was calling in. I kept a serious face, and uh, we kept guessing. We were wondering who it was, and uh, John, yeah. I kind of knew who it was, but I was like, I'm keeping it serious. I'm not going to guess who it is. I'm just playing it straight to the serious hilt here, and I'm not just going to take a guess and blurt it out on air. I'm just going to wait. And then, and, uh, and then, and then, hold on, hold on. I'm coming up to it, but hold on. Here, I'm, my apologies, but let me tell you, let me tell you this. Okay. That 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 person before that person got off the air said, said JD that I got, I got we got to tell you one more thing. And JD said, what's that? I said JD, it's me, and I ended up fooling JD on Monday night. Monday yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. He did, it, and it was perfect. I mean, it was absolutely perfect in every sense of the word. I think Michelle Gerard. I think the term was watchdog. I just worked in a watchdog. <laughs> or prank. No, you know what? Oh, no, wait a minute. You know what his nickname is? What? Dad, the Sly Fox Henshaw. Ooh! I like that. I like that. Uh, if he likes that cherry pie. <laughs> yeah, of course. Last Friday night, last Friday night, um, um, of course, I told you it was uh, cherry cola, and that was the truth about that. Uh, but uh, of course, it could be something different this Friday night. Who knows? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> anyway, getting right down to it. Uh, uh, oh, excuse me again. <laughs> okay. Um, we're getting to a wild star here this evening here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 1-724-444-7444, WCWS Revolution on the, here on TalkShow.com. Uh, speaking of wild, is, where's yeah. Rhonda? Uh, I don't have her listed on here. Uh, Michelle, have you heard anything from Rhonda? Uh, n- not today, no. Okay. Well, we're hoping. You know, I know she's able... having a rough week. Hmm. Oh, well, definitely. Uh, we'll definitely. Yeah, and definitely. I'm much calmer tonight, so I won't rant and go off and all that other stuff. So. Why would you yeah. rant? I don't understand. What the hell happened yesterday? Oh, she had the last. Let's say like, she had the giggles in more ways than when she had the giggles in the rants last night. To be honest, I gotta say. Yeah, Jay Mal, let me put it to you this way. If you happen to mention the name Randy Orton, she melts like butter. Okay. Or Brock Lesnar. Uh, yeah, that that too. Yeah, that's right. Oh. Or, or, or I told Michelle last night, it might be the She-Hulk mentality. And what I mean what I mean by that is she can get so hyped up about both Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton that 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 her that uh, you 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 remember the Hulk how he, every time he got angry he got so muscular his clothes ripped off. We can't even say Hulk on this show anymore. Hmm. 
Oh, I got you. But uh, anyway, of course, like I said, this evening we have the Hall of Famer, the Queen Diva, the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, King NWO, GTS, Gerard D. Smith, uh, the, uh, oh, crap, Damon, I'm just going to screw up your new nickname he, again. He, he always phenomenal, JML. The always phenomenal JML experience, okay, yes. And also the Iceman JD, Jared D. Geralmo from WCWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon at 3 right here, as as always, on TalkShoe.com. Uh, gang, um, as of course, we continue our all-heel week, of course, in remembrance, of course, of the late Roddy Roddy Piper. Um, and as Michelle pointed out, uh, this was a kind of a little wrestling free-for-all. But, of course, I heard something about JML had some uh, had some uh, heel turns he wanted to uh, throw out there tonight. Uh, so, JML, um, if you care to go ahead and start, off, start us off with that, you know, that's uh, – Let's go ahead and get this show rolling. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this one was mentioned last night, but uh, I would say Sergeant Slaughter turning his back on America and being a Iraqi sympathizer during the whole Gulf War. I thought that was uh, one of the biggest heel turns to ever happen. So much so that Sergeant Slaughter ended up skyrocketing into being the WWF champion and headlining WrestleMania 8 with uh, with some guy uh, who, who doesn't exist anymore. Oh, you mean number 7? Uh, 7, I meant. Uh, wow. Yeah, number oh, 7. Oh okay. oh, okay. So, okay, so we so we are not going to mention this man's name. Double, double H. Double H? Okay, double H. Double H it is. Uh, uh, I, mean, well, I mean, to me, I mean, think about it. His real turn ended up uh, resulted in death threats, the whole nine yards. So much so that they were supposed to have the uh, WrestleMania at the Coliseum, and they had to move it to the sports complex uh, because they wanted outdoors in case someone wanted to shoot Sergeant Slaughter. Mm, that's right. You know, so like, I don't know about you guys, I think that that heel, whole heel turn storyline was one of the uh, the best that I've ever seen. I mean, they've had, WWF in the past has had some pretty interesting uh, um, matches uh, in the uh, Los Angeles sports arena. So, um, you know, a couple years prior, uh, and of course, Double H, had some, uh, I think, uh, unknown matches. Uh, of course, it was it popped up on the unreleased collectors DVD that came out several years ago. Uh, one of them was with one of them was with uh, King Haku, and another one was with the Big Boss Man. Uh, not too long afterwards. Uh, so I remember uh, one of the announcers that used to be in the AWA. I can't think of his name now. Um, can I maybe help you there, Chad? Uh, yeah. What, what was what, what was what was what was Larry the name Nelson, of Rod Trongard, Uh That's him, Trongard, That's him. Yes. Because he was in he did some announcing in the WWF. Yes. Back around that time, yes. him and Superstar Billy Graham actually called both those matches. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. So, uh, um, 
But uh, of course, Double H, as always, what one thing. But there was one thing that was noticeable about those ma- about those matches was the fact there was one guy that was sitting in the crowd. I don't know if you if you've seen this DVD and if you've seen these matches or not. But there was one guy that was in both of them who apparently was not cheering for Double H at all. And I'm, I'm to this day, he looks somewhat familiar. I think I've seen him on TV before, but I'm not sure who it is. And I might try to go back and find out, uh, find out who it is. I have an idea, but I may, but my idea may not be accurate. So I have to go back and do some research on that. But anyway, getting back to what Jamie was talking about, the uh, of course Sergeant Salter's heel turn. Uh, of course, very infamous. You know, I think they did this around. Around the time of the Persian Gulf War, was that correct? Yes, the Gulf, yes, Gulf War, yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, Operation Iraqi you know, Freedom. Right. Um, of course, of course. Uh, what was very interesting was this picture that they had fixed up with uh, Adnan and Sergeant Sauter, you know, sit, st- standing beside Saddam Hussein. You know, they kept showing that picture over and over and over. They try to make it more lifelike and. And Sergeant Sauter actually talked about it later and said, you know, he, he is him and his family had received death threats and all that because of this. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So um, it was. Um, did, you guys, did you guys bring that up last night? No, we we didn't bring up. What we brought up was we brought up uh, each of us. It was just myself, JD, Gerard, and Michelle. We were the only ones on the show last night. And we each brought up a heel. Each brought up a heel, and just talked about that heel. Uh, um, I think JD brought up Mike Awesome. Yes, that's correct. That's right. Uh, Michelle, you brought up. Um, Randy. my memory here. Randy. He, 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 that's right. He brought up Randy Orton. That's right. That's right. No wonder we've been talking about Randy Orton. That's why I kind of forgot. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, GTS brought up. Uh, Kevin Nash, yes, okay, yep. all right. And I brought up actually, I brought up something very. I, I kind of did kind of a twist. I brought up the Horseman. Mm-hmm. So that's primarily what all we did. Uh, I mean, guys, is that pretty much is that an accurate yes, assessment of that? That's pretty accurate. Okay. Um, okay. Real quick, uh, before we continue on, guys, I have some uh, news from NXT Takeover in case you guys want to are interested. And also of uh, SummerSlam. Uh, first off, it will be announced on SummerSlam tomorrow. How, in case uh, you guys are going to watch, I'm going to spoil it a little early. They have now announced it will be Dean and Roman versus Bray and Harper in a tag match at SummerSlam. As they taped the show last night in Sacramento. Also, as of tonight, however, according to reports, however, it will now be the Vaudevillians taking on Blake and Murphy at TakeOver. And also a takeover, it has now been decided it will be Balor and Owens in a ladder match for the NXT oh, world title. Sure. So the world title match just got more interesting now as Regal announced, as Owens made the stipulation this week, how Balor accepted it later. So now it looks like we have Balor-Owens 2 in a ladder match now. Set for uh, two weeks from Saturday. I'm a little excited in the, in the southern region for that announcement. So there you go. Amazing. Well, thank you for that uh, update. I'm sure let's see if you hear any more about that. Please, by all means, let us know. Going into the SummerSlam weekend, we should say, I think. Yes. Uh, uh, but uh, getting back to, of course, JML's talk about Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, 
Uh, of course, I remember, also remember hearing Sergeant Sawyer say that they had, during this storyline, I remember they had they, they said that they had asked him to burn the American flag, and he said he was not going to do that. But instead, what he did was, but he did the he said it was the next best thing. He burned Hulk Hogan's T-shirt on a pole off of a pole. Um, so, uh, I mean, it was kind of because keep in mind, I mean, I mean, Double uh, H was uh, like I said, Amer- Americana around that time was you know it was as, as close to the flag it was close to America as you can get right in the WWF during the, during that time and also. Uh, and that really got things really hyped up going into the match at, uh, at uh, WrestleMania Seven. Um, Michelle, your overall thoughts on Sergeant Slaughter uh, during his, you know, infamous uh, heel turn prior to uh, WrestleMania Seven? Um, well, I like Sergeant Slaughter. Um, he did do a very good heel turn. Uh, the only thing that grossed me out with him was when he talked, he spit a lot. That kind of grossed me out a little bit, but I know he can't help it. Right. Um, he did a good heel turn. He was always a very good character, whether he was heel or not. Um, I I like the whole military-based attitude and, uh, you know, how he... I'm trying to think of what the word is I'm looking for. Yeah, I'm brain dead tonight. Last night I was wide open. Now tonight I'm just like, I don't know what the hell I'm trying to say. Um, He was a good heel turn. He was a good heel, period. Um, He always put on a a good show. He was uh, uh, something, he was really good on the mic when when he did speak. Um, He had good uh, matches. I can't talk tonight, y'all. Please believe Maybe we need to talk about Kevin Nash again. I don't know, but anyway, he was a good heel. Well, it wasn't about him being a good heel. It was about the heel turn. Yeah, I, I and I meant also that the heel turn that he did was was good. That it was very uh, unexpected on my part. I didn't expect him to turn heel. Well, we haven't heard from GTS. I'm here. Your thoughts on the Sergeant Slaughter heel turn? Uh, It was very dramatic. No one knew it was coming, and I liked it very much. (laughs) Now... Correct me if I'm wrong. He might have been the oldest first-time WWE champion up until that point? What's that? Yeah. JD. Yeah, I'm here. What's up? Can you, can you, can you check that out? If Slaughter was the oldest first-time WWE champion sure. at that point? Sure. I'm looking into I it. Think, I think he was. I think, I was, think, yeah, maybe, I think, I think maybe outside of Vince, he might have been the, the oldest let me check. Hold on. Uh, 1991, he was, let's see, 42. Yeah, 43. He was 43 years old. He's 66 years old now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say he was the, yeah. the oldest 
Yeah. I, I, and that was his only title reign. Yeah. Um, but, again, I think that heel turn and heat was up there with anyone else's. Yeah. Just, you know, especially during that period of uh, our society. Um, yeah. And it reflected our society. It was Double H, who was Americana, versus Sergeant Slaughter, who used to be Americana yeah. and became the Iraqi sympathizer. Yeah, it's all. It, the, it was a it was a great contrast, uh, yeah. and I think a lot of people look at it as like, oh, you know, like the match is boring, blah blah blah. But it was the whole storyline and build up that uh, mm-hmm. that hooked me in. Yeah, he. Uh... I'm looking right here. He was voted worst feud of the year twice in '91. That was one of them. He also uh, was voted PWI most hated wrestler of the year and most disgusting promotional tactic of the year. Believe it or not, that same year. Now, who who are we up to now? Who's so Sergeant Slaughter? So Sergeant Slaughter. Okay. And my apologies. I had to step out of. I didn't want to interrupt Michelle while she was talking, but I had to step out for a minute. But uh, I'm. We had a got some pie. Uh no not 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 uh, not 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 quite. Not not quite yet, uh, it hasn't gotten warm yet. <laughs> At least to get some you know, moist. Yeah, well, exactly. But uh but it should be ready here by the end of, by the end of the show. Hey Don't warm it up. You gotta massage it. He was also in a hardcore match if you remember back in the day with Pat Patterson. Back in 1981, it was a boot camp match. Sorry, in a boot camp match, right? Also, the Sheik. He also teamed up with Don Cornoodle, fought Jay Youngblood, and Ricky Steamboat in Mid Atlantic. And of course, he was the commissioner of WWE for a time. Yeah, and then very infamous. <laughs> the, the funniest thing is when DX wore those like riot shields over their face to stop yeah. the spit from going into their faces. Yeah, I, I remember him fighting Hunter actually talking about DX how on a D, on DX's pay per view back in ninety seven. Yes. The Degeneration X pay per view, yep. Uh Gerard, uh, your overall thoughts about the heel turn of uh Sergeant Slaughter. I already got him. I already said oh, it. You already did? Okay. okay. I got him on oh, Buckaroo. Uh well I well thank you for thank you for for backing me up there. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh uh one seven two four 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 seven four 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 WCWS Revolution on this evening as we continue uh running down the list of uh, J Mill's top heel turns during all heel week right here on the WCWS radio network. I have <clears throat> I have the always phenomenal J M L experience. There you go. That sounds that sounds good. Uh King NWO, GTS, Gerard T. Smith, the Hall of Famer, Queen Diva, Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds. And the Iceman, J.D. Jared Girolamo from WCWS Raw Radio, of course, every Monday afternoon at 3 right here on TalkShoe.com. Uh, well, J.M.L., let's hear, let's hear your next one there, guy. Um, I think Bret Hart's uh, heel turn in 1997 uh, was another very good, well-done heel turn, especially for him because his character was growing stale. Um, the whole cookie-cutter thing that, you know, old-school kind of baby-face thing, 
it wasn't working anymore and he needed some sort of change. You had the epic I quit match with Austin where he became a lot more aggressive and was using, you know, the heel tactics in that match against Austin. And uh, pretty much he had a double turn. You had Austin become a face. Bret Hart became the heel. Um, and you had the next night on Raw, uh, Bret Hart pretty much <laughs> turned his back on the American fans. Uh, and subsequently reunites with... Uh, his brother Owen, which was a feud that, you know, going on three years there. Uh, so reunites with his brother Owen, the Bulldog, and they end up forming the, the Hart Foundation again. And uh, I thought that was a great... I, and I thought, to be honest with you, Bret Hart in 97, that was some of his best work he, he's ever done. Um, and the matches he put on that year were all great, phenomenal matches. You had him in Austin at Mania. You had him and Taker at SummerSlam. Uh, you had a, the other match with Austin at the In Your House pay-per-view um, that happened. I think it was, J.D., correct me if I'm wrong, it was like the next In Your House after WrestleMania because there was two. J.D.? Yeah, sorry about that. I was just watching a video of this new NXT guy, Apollo Crews. Uh, when you mentioned Brett, I mean, yeah, certainly the Team Canada uh, angle, Team USA thing was definitely one of those segments. I mean, I watched tonight the Iron Man match of Brett's again, however, and uh, I can remember I was at the show back in, here in Pittsburgh the night he said, however, there's one great big giant toilet tower and you can stick the hose right here in Pittsburgh. And I'll tell you, you talk about heat that night. Brett had a ton of it. And uh, I would definitely say uh, Brett's uh, whiny attitude around that time. However, I mean, he was trying to get, obviously, a new contract. We saw that in the Hitman movie, Wrestling with Shadows. He says he wasn't doing that. But, in fact, however, I think, however, there was a lot of tension between him and Vince, however, the last few months, however, before he jumped ship to go to WCW. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, Brett's heel turn is definitely up there as one of the uh, most interesting heel turns of all time. Do you think J Mel that the, that his the, the the in a way the, the way all, way his uh, heel turn kind of started was sometime after WrestleMania 12 when he lost the belt to Shawn Michaels? Um, there was seeds planted, like yeah, like the way that initially it looked like he wasn't uh, like he never went back to the ring for you know, to shake Sean's hand, stuff like that. Um, you would have expected the hitman to do something like that. He didn't. He disappeared until Survivor Series 96. Uh, made his return uh, at Madison Square Garden against Austin uh, in another just epic encounter. Um, and then you had him just subsequently, like, he kind of was there, but he was kind of getting lost in the shuffle for a bit. But I think the heel turn brought him back to the forefront of being like the top dog again. Uh, and it was what he needed at the time. But like you said, Chad, the, the seeds were planted 
at WrestleMania 12. Right. And, of course, he really uh, um, had that, uh, I think it was starting to become more and more apparent, I think, after what happened at the end of the Royal Rumble match in 97. Um, yes. Yes, because the thing was was that Hart, Bret Hart had a, had a pretty much a fair claim at that point in time. He had eliminated Stone Cold Steve Austin, but the, the only thing about it was the referee did not see Stone Cold get thrown out of the ring. And Stone Cold got back in there and eliminated, what, two or three other guys before he eliminated Brett and apparently was the winner. And, of course, the, I think the Raw afterwards, they really, uh, that really came down to a hilt. Yeah, uh, on the phone. As a, as a, that really came down to a hilt. That's what they were going to do. And I think that's where the... Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was an in your house after the Royal Rumble. Was between, final, between final four. The final four, yes. In your house, and final I, four. And, and it was, it was who was it? Austin Hart, Vader, Vader and, and the Undertaker. Sid. And Sid. Uh, no, okay. yeah. no, 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 no. The Undertaker. And then Sid met the winner the following night. Right. That's right. Which which Hart won the the final four. Austin comes out during the Sid Hart match, and yeah. Sid wins the match. Right, the next night. Setting, setting the stage for Taker Sid. Right, exactly, because because Michaels had hurt his back, and he could not defend it after winning the belt at the Royal Rumble. His knee. And he oh, lost his smile. I see, okay. So that I was the moment smile. When, Oh, so that was the moment whenever... Mike, Michaels had to relinquish the belt. That was because he had a knee injury. Yeah, that. and there was a lot of backstage talk that, you know, it still echoes today. You have the whispers of uh, they wanted it to be Michaels and Hart too, with Michaels uh, losing to the Hart, and uh, they they kind of claim that Michaels, quote unquote, faked the injury. Because he didn't want to face Bret Hart again, apparently. Yeah, I see. One see. And of course, they wouldn't meet each other again until what the infamous match at Survivor Series that year. Yeah, to my knowledge, they only had three uh, pay-per-view matches: the '92, '93 uh, Survivor Series. Right. Um, they had the. WrestleMania 12 and 97 Survivor Series, although the 94 Survivor Series, Michaels had a team against Hart's team, but it wasn't a, a singles match. Right. But you were just talking about this one-on-one bouts pretty much. Yeah. Okay. And they could have uh, done, if you think about it, they could have milked the crap out of that, but they just, they were like oil and water. They just didn't mix very well personally, and and they kind of kept them apart because of that. But if you think if they were able to do business with each other, right? Oh, those all those matches would have been incredible. And it's a shame that they could have worked something out for the '97 Survivor Series, and we got the finish that we got because the build and everything that match was fantastic. Uh, the way the match started was fantastic. It, Everything was great. Just the finish, you know, it's the most infamous finish 
in the history of professional wrestling. Right. And, of course, you remember the refere- same referee uh, from there uh, actually just almost did a repeat of that, if you remember, um, on TNA not too long ago, I think after Double H made his appearance. I think they had. I think also Ric Flair made, made his appearance over there, too. If you remember what I'm talking about, it was Angle and Styles, I think, for the belt, I'm thinking. And somehow uh, the same referee, I think Earl Hebner, uh, did just similar to what he did, you know, during the 97 Survivor Series. Uh, And then all of a sudden you've got Angle complaining to Double H here saying that, you know, this this is baloney. This this, this, this is, this is, I mean, this is, I said, he see, and he actually quoted, was quoted as saying that he would, he would, he can go back to the WWE. And I, that would have been something if he if he walked out that night and did that. I mean that was, but but none but but none of, even spat on yeah. Double H. So this was about what 2010, I think. Yeah. Yes. So, but uh, he but uh, I mean even Double H confronted Earl Hebner. I think the next uh, the, the following week. You know. And you know, it's, you know, it's, you know, what, what are you trying to pull again? You're trying to do the same thing you did, you know, to Bret Hart and all that. I mean, <laughs> so kind of a kind of a double whammy here, if you, if you know what I mean. But uh, everyone, um, Michelle, we'll start with you. Your overall thoughts on the heel turn of Bret Hart? <clears throat> um, it was. Definitely one of the best heel turns, much needed. Bret Hart's character wasn't going anywhere at the moment, and I just basically agree with everybody what they've said so far. Okay. Uh, J.D., your overall thoughts on the heel turn of Bret Hart? Well, I already said, and I'll say it again. I mean, he uh, was, I mean, when he turned heel, however, I mean, he definitely shit on the fans in a lot of ways. However, like I said, I was there the night he ripped on the fans and said the fans of the U.S., however, need an enema, basically uh, fix, however, and it hose can go right here in Pittsburgh. And it was a very intense, uh, very heated segment. And uh, he uh, definitely had the fans hating him at this point in more ways than one hour. It wasn't like when he was uh, starting out as a youngster again in the Heart Foundation. I mean, this was the new and improved Heart Foundation in a lot of ways. And people uh, did not like Brett's attitude. I mean, there were times that him and Vince had a lot of issues with each other, both on and off camera. And uh, a lot of people liked Brett for what he stood for. A lot of people didn't like what he stood for. Certainly. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and let's ask you... our Canadian brother, GTS, what he thinks. Absolutely, Your Highness. Your overall thoughts on uh, the heel turn of Bret Hart? I freaking loved it. <laughs> the Canadian guy can turn heel. Yes, I'm all for it. Um, and I liked it how he did the whole like Canadian thing, and he like was this in the U.S., and it was kind of, it, it brought a lot of heat. I even saw a poster, and, and JML Gerard, you may remember, remember, I don't know where it came from. Um, I want to say it was during the, right before the match started between him and Undertaker at SummerSlam. Um, someone had a poster of, of the Hart Foundation 
taking a leak on the American flag. Everyone, did, did y'all remember, yeah. remember, remember, you remember, you remember that poster? Okay. I said, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was like, it was like divided, man. I mean, the thing is, you have posters. I think you had another one, and Gerard, and I mean this with no disrespect. No, I'm just telling you just how I saw it. There was one in which someone did a poster of the Canadian flag sticking out of a toilet. So, I mean, you had them divided that night, man. You had them divided. You know, who they're going to pull for. I mean, I mean the fact that Shawn Michaels was the referee, he even had a stipulation on him that if he didn't call that match down the middle, then he could never wrestle in, in, in the United States ever again. I believe that was, I think that was correct. Uh, yeah, but uh, um, but uh, uh, Jamie, let me ask you this: uh, talking about Bret Hart here, do you think his his run as a heel in WWF or WCW was better in your mind? What was it? Hold on, what was that? His heel turn, either because he did. I know he had a heel turn, of course, the infamous in WWF, but he also did one. In WCW, uh, which one do you think, in your opinion, was more uh, did, did did a lot better for him? I mean, was it in WWF or was it in WCW? Uh, WWF. I mean, Bret Hart never really wanted to be in WCW, and he's been on record saying that. You know, uh, Vince basically shoved him out the door, and. Uh, his heart was never in WCW whatsoever, and it it didn't help the way that they booked him, uh, especially in '98. I mean, he was coming off of the hottest wrestling storyline probably ever, with the whole Montreal screw job and Brett screwed Brett and all this stuff, and they waited uh, a month and a half to even debut him on WCW television. And instead of being like a main event guy, he was mid-card and he was a featured player on WCW Thunder. Um, So it was like his relevancy just dropped when he went to WCW. And to this day, I still don't know why. I mean, there's speculation that Hogan uh, got into Bischoff's ear and essentially said, like, you know, don't let Brett you know, take my spot, it's not going to happen, and blah, blah, blah. You know, I I try to believe it, especially if you look at the way he was booked in 1998. He he was a mid-card guy, and for the last six, seven years in WWE, he was the guy. He was the John Cena. He was the franchise player. Sure. Certainly. Certainly. Of course, one, one thing I was hinting to was a match on that same unreleased collector's DVD that, that, uh, of the person that that we're just referring to as Double H, um, a match that he had with Bret Hart on Nitro, which I think was around that year. I'm not sure. Uh, of course, it was hyped up, you know, seeing these two finally go at it with each other. Uh, and it was, you know, up, up until we all believed, you know, all believed everything up until the, you know, till, uh, towards the end there, uh, when all of a sudden, you know, uh, all of a sudden he, Double H kind of injured Bret Hart's uh, knee, where we all thought it was injured. 
then Sting comes out because he, Double H had actually challenged both Bret Hart and and or Sting to a match that night, and and Hart accepted. But then since Bret Hart apparently was not able to continue, Sting told, told Double H, "Okay, I'm arrested." He's going. He took the match, and and Sting and Double H just kept on fighting, while um, I think it was Luger and Conan from the Wolfpack kept took Bret Hart to the back, and I was going to put him in an ambulance, and all of a sudden they get uh, uh, they get uh, sidetracked by uh, Scott Steiner and Buff Bagwell, and then uh, they let Bret Hart go. Bret Hart goes toward, back towards the ring, and then he gets in the ring, and you're all thinking, okay, he's pulling for Sting, you know, to you know, the, 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 uh, you know, you know, because I think Sting had Hogan in the uh, Deathlock at the time, Scorpion Deathlock, and um, then all of a sudden Bret Hart comes in and gives a big DDT to Sting, kind of a big double cross. Uh, and then I think not too long, I think a week or so later, there's there's a match uh, booked between uh, the team of Double H and Bret Hart. Versus um, Sting and and Sting and Warrior, and of course, uh, I think that match was like on the Sting DVD that came out not too long ago. Um, um, of course, first time like since the '80s that we've seen Sting and the Ultimate Warrior team up with each other. Um, but uh, it was a, uh, but it was it was truly it was it was truly something. I mean, I know Hart was not a heel in WCW for very long, but uh, but of course, I think he had to break that character. I think around in '99, when, when of course the news broke out that his brother Owen had 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 died at um, the Over the Edge pay per view. I think that year. So I remember I remember the tribute match on Nitro that he had with uh, TB. CB, yeah. Which I thought that was a great match. You know that toward toward I mean in the beginning it just seemed like a match of respect. But it got more and more intense and all that because I mean each of them were both learned each and every one of those maneuvers you know, in the Heart Dungeon there in, in uh, Canada. So I mean it was it was truly a it was truly a, uh, you know a great match. Uh, uh, Michelle, let me ask you the same question I asked JML. Uh, do you think Bret Hart's heel turn was uh, was was better when he did it in the WWF or in WCW? WWF. Okay, uh, your highness. D- dare I ask you this question, or or do you know what do you know the I'll make what the answer is. WWF. How did I know that? <laughs> uh, JD, your overall thoughts are on the same question. Uh, definitely WWF. I mean, WCW, I mean, he mean, yeah, he had some great moments here and there, somewhat, which is understandable. But by the same token, however, when he got to WCW, he was a lost person. I mean, like you said, I mean, it seemed like Hogan was always hogging the spotlight or people uh, better than forever hogging the spotlight, like Nash, uh, Hogan, and other people. Uh, he did have some good matches in WCW. I'm not saying they were all bad matches, but I think once he got kicked by Goldberg, however, in late 1999 and had some health issues after that, however, and what had happened earlier in the year with his brother, however, I think he realized, however, that this just turned out to be a big mistake in his career was sabotaged as a result of it. Certainly. Certainly. Uh, 1-724-444-7444 WCWS Revolution 
on here tonight, Wednesday, August 5th, 2015, uh, right here on com. I have with me uh, the always phenomenal JML experience, uh, King and WOGTS, Gerard T. Smith, the Hall of Famer, Queen Diva, Black Widow, uh, Michelle Lynn Dodds, and uh, the Iceman, J.D. Jared D. Geralmo from WCWS Raw Radio. Of course, Raw Radio can be heard Monday afternoon to 3, right right here at the home of, w, of WCWS Radio, TalkShoe.com. <laughs> nice plug, huh, guys? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, J-Mel, uh, uh, bring, 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 bring us another heel turn, please. This one I just thought was crafted beautifully. Uh, I would say when The Rock turned his back on the people and became the corporate champion. Um, that was just a masterpiece in, in, yeah. in storytelling, writing, just the whole way it played out. Uh, the Rock was starting to get, the, the crowd was really starting to get on his side uh, after that great ladder match he had with Triple H at the 98 SummerSlam. Uh, which I was in attendance to see. Um, great match. You had basically the nation uh, implode and turn their back on The Rock. Uh, the Rock started to get some of the biggest ovations uh, in the whole company. Even I thought they were even bigger than Austin's. Um, he even got himself into a feud with Mr. McMahon. Um, which, you know, it was almost like they were building him up to be Austin 2.0. And on the flip side, you had Mankind, who (laughs) was pegged to be like the corporate champion. Um, And you had the title that was held up, the WWE title was held up after the, the... the finish of The Undertaker and Kane both pinning Austin at the same time for the WWE title. Uh, And they held it up, and they had the Deadly Games Survivor Series tournament, which was, you know, just the way the storytelling... I'm not talking about the matches were great. Some of the matches were very short. Uh, You had some screwy finishes, but... When it got to The Rock and, and Mankind... Uh, and and just the whole way that played out with the finish and the rock putting uh, mankind in the sharpshooter, and they screw over mankind. They anoint the rock as the the new champ. He gets on the mic and says, "Screw the people! I'm the corporate champion. It's no longer the people's eyebrow. It's the corporate eyebrow." Uh, like I just thought it was really well done um, and it was a huge risk but it paid off and I, and I think one of the reasons why they did it uh, is they knew how hot The Rock was and how much momentum he had but you can't have two huge uh, faces running at the same time um, the other one being Austin and they needed the foil for Austin, and they decided to make The Rock the foil to to Austin and vice versa. And they already had chemistry from not even a a year prior to that with their whole Intercontinental feud. 
And I just thought the transition, the rock from the people's chant to the corporate chant, uh, to the storyline at him facing Boston at WrestleMania, uh, his matches with, with, uh, Mick Foley. It was all great. Um, so that would be one of the best field turns, I think, that we've seen in our lifetime. Certainly. Absolutely. Um, also, um, put put alongside that, uh, J-Mail, uh, do you think that kind of outdid the, the uh, I, I guess you say the heel turn that The Rock did uh, around the time that The Rock and Double H met, met for a second time at No Way Out back in 03? Yeah. Okay. Then, of course, that led into, you know, him coming back and saying that uh, uh, that you know your, your fans, y'all, you booed me and all that, and I said I've beaten all your heroes and all that. I said now it's all over with, and all of a sudden here comes Goldberg, uh, you know, making his debut, and then of course, you know, leading up to a match between them two at Backlash in '03. Because um, I loved his interview that he did with Terry prior to that match. It was. It was kind of hilarious if you think about it. Uh, but um, uh, Michelle, your overall thoughts on uh, on this heel turn uh, mentioned, told by JML on the uh, on the Rock. Well, uh, <clears throat> I agree with everything you said. Um, however, I'm not that big of a Rock fan, but I thought it was. A great moment, a great heel turn. It, I mean, The Rock was, you know, you know, always a favorite. It was, you know, unexpected. I don't think any he, any of the fans or anything to say, expected him to say screw the people and all that. So, yeah, because the thing is, like, he was just getting his feet wet as a babyface. And they just, boom, they flipped the script and turned him to the top heel just like that. And, like, it was just so unexpected, but it worked so well that uh, I don't think we've seen one since that that, that's played so well and, like, did so well um, for that person. Like, I think that set the rock up um, big time. Right. Certainly. Certainly. Uh, Gerard, your overall thoughts on this heel turn made by the rock? It was uh, shockingly. It pissed a lot of people off. And uh, I liked it. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh J.D., your overall thoughts on this heel turn involving The Rock? It was definitely one of the most unique turns because he came in as this 
Well, I mean, he came in like uh, full of energy and vigor, Howard MSG, and then within six months to a year, I mean, you heard the fans chant, die, Rocky, die, and he began to absolutely just shit all over the fans, no pun intended, however, and he didn't care what they thought, however, and uh, like I said, that was the beginning of something big, because if you remember, that was the time he was also in the nation, and of course, he was with Farouk, D'Lo, and all those guys, and they had their issues with DX, so this was a perfect good early heel turn by The Rock. Certainly, absolutely. Uh, uh, of course, All Heel Week continues right here. On on the WCWS radio network, as tomorrow night we're on a real treat on, uh, of course, NWO Wolfpack um, and JML. Of course, I give I give you the credit for this uh, suggestion here. Uh, we're going to look at the angle between Piper and the NWO. I'll be a very, as Gerard would say, too sweet <laughs> uh, tomorrow night. Like I said, on NWO Wolfpack. At nine o'clock uh, on TalkShoe.com. In the meantime, one seven two four 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 seven four 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 WCWS Revolution on this evening. I am, of course, Mr. WCWS Chad Hinshaw, and I also, also have with me the always phenomenal JML Experience, uh, the Iceman JD Jared Geraldo from WCWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon at three. Uh, of course, every, everyone knows where. <laughs> uh, the Hall of Famer, the Queen Diva, the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds. And King Oval NWO GTS Gerard T. Smith. Sorry, Gerard, I had to do a little Elvis there. So, <laughs> uh, um, JML, another uh, heel turn, if you please. Yeah, um, can't talk heel turns without talking about this one, and that's the. Uh, I think all you have to say, and most people that are true wrestler fans will understand what you're talking about, is this. Barbershop window. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, for those that don't know, or just start, got into wrestling and haven't really watched anything <laughs> prior to the Attitude Era, uh, Shawn Michaels to the tag team uh, in his early early days, known as the Rockers with Marty Jannetty. Uh, they were very popular and successful tag team, although they never officially won the WWE tag titles. Um, they had some dissension. Brutus the Barber Beefcake had a talk show called The Barber Shop, where he would invite guests into his barber shop, and they would shoot the shit with one another, and um, his goal was to get the Rockers back on the same page. Janetti came out, uh, Michaels came out, and Michaels started sporting, you know, a different look with the earrings and, you know, the leather pants and stuff like that. And you kind of saw it coming, um, but it looked like they were going to reunite. Bobby Heenan was like, oh, my, you know, Michaels doesn't need Janetti. And they, they shook hands and he was like, oh, okay, the Rockers, I guess, are back together. And then all of a sudden, Michaels delivers a super kick to Janetti and he goes Bobby Heenan goes oh I knew he was going to do that he don't need Janetti and then he takes Janetti and throws him through the, the plated glass of the barbershop and uh, the rest is history I mean that pretty much set the stage 
for the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, and he never looked back after that. It multiple Intercontinental Champion, again, the World Champion, tag titles, you name it, he did it. And uh, that heel turn worked so well for him that, uh, like I said, set the stage for bigger and better things. Certainly. Now, didn't he at the time, didn't he uh, later on, JML, would be known as a, a Grand Slam champion? Yeah, uh, the European as well. Because the Europeans, because he won that from the British Bulldog over in England, I think it was. Yeah. Yes. That's the right. only that time was, the was... British, the only time the British Bulldog ever lost in Europe was when he lost the, the title to Shawn Michaels. Yes. Okay. Oh wow. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I remember this match. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't the British Bulldog have? I believe it was his sister at ringside or something, I believe, or a family member, I think, who was who was plagued with some sort of disease or something, I think, at this time. Uh, I thought I remember reading something about that he had that, and I think I saw, like, a video clip of it a long time ago, and it said something about it might have been his sister or another relative or something who had like some sort thing. of I think that was like what the insurrection pay per view you're talking about when when Michaels beat the Bulldog for the title. I think it was. I think it was. I'm not. I'm not sure, but I think that was the match that we're all talking about here when Michaels defeated Bulldog for that belt. But Bulldog had yeah. had somebody either stand with him at at the entrance or come all the way down with him to the ring or something. I know that I saw more than one person. Uh, uh, um, and I want I want say I heard I thought I heard him say it was a relative of the Bulldogs, but I'm not sure. And also, Michaels beat the Bulldog for his first Intercontinental Championship, uh, the Saturday night's main event before Survivor Series of uh, '92. Wasn't that when Saturday night's main event was on not on NBC, but I think it was on Fox? I think. I thought it was on. I thought it was always on NBC. It was on Fox well, for a while too. Yeah, it, it was. It was because I had the Saturday Night's Main Event DVD, and it said like in the early '90s they tried to revitalize it, but I think Fox got the rights to it, and they tried to. But it didn't. But JD, correct me if I'm wrong, it didn't really last that long on Fox, did it? No, it did not. I think it was only less than a year or two, if that. I think it was like 1991, 92, and then it just went south quickly. It, until they brought it back, of course, fifteen some years later, pretty much. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. And it, yeah. All and now, other... and now it's disappeared again. Just yeah. a shame. It is. I mean, it was one of the best things. It was one of the, other than Raw and SmackDown. It was other than Raw SmackDown. You know, all these other little shows you had. You know, it was kind of the top. I mean, I, I think it kind of surpassed Raw, and you know, as being a very popular show for a time. It was a pay-per-view uh, quality event. Yep. It was, and, and and then and then when they brought it back, I think in the late two thousands, of course, they brought it back on NBC uh, because, uh, yeah, I remember, because I I remember one of the infamous matches from that was when DX wrestled the Spirit Squad in a match in which whoever lost would have whoever team lost had to go inside of a cage inside of the ring. 
Yeah, and I can also remember Matt Hardy took on, what was it, Evander Holyfield in a boxing match. Yeah. That that was highlighted on that DVD, too, by the way. And uh, and uh, and Vander Holyfield actually showed a little bit of res- little bit of respect to uh, – well, Matt Hardy showed a little bit of respect to Holyfield, and then it was vice yeah. versa. And uh, I think what was MVP was goading, was, was goading all this on it because it was supposed to be an MVP, and Evander won it. Yeah. I think, okay. Um, but um, – Oh yeah. Okay, now we have really gone off track. Oh boy. Who are we talking about again? I'm sorry. That in that event we were talking about. Uh, Shawn Michaels heel turn. Shawn Michaels. Hilter. Shawn Michaels heel turn. Yes, of course. Started with the barber shop. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. We can get we we can get a little bit carried away to talk about this, but hey, you know we're going to talk about wrestling, and it comes up in any shape or form. Um. Uh. Do you think JML to to a degree, in talking about, um, uh, and I go back to the thing like between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, do you really think to a, to a degree that that, that little uh, rivalry may have started long before WrestleMania 12, maybe whenever they were in their respective tag teams, where the seeds planted around? I mean, that time? I mean, yeah. Um... I mean, Brett even said, he's like, I always figured down the road that him and Michaels would have uh, a feud as singles competitors. And uh, I I mean, they saw it coming. Whether or not we did, it's a whole different story. Well, absolutely. Uh, of course, uh, a match on the Brett Hart DVD that uh, I think all those matches on the Brett Hart DVD was actually picked by Brett himself, and uh, one match that was highlighted, I think it was a Saturday, on Saturday night's main event, um, pitting the Rockers versus the Hart Foundation, and uh, and what a great match that was! It was like yep. in 1990, I think it was. Yep. Uh, but um, it was uh, it was awesome. Uh, uh, Michelle, your overall thoughts on the heel turn of uh, Shawn Michaels that started with the. Uh, with uh, him throwing Marty Jannetty through the uh, glass window. Well, it was one of my favorites, although, however, I was a uh, Rockers fan. Um, It was a good moment. I mean, I think it was time for him to to step it up and and do something different, go towards a different direction anyway. uh, I think that was the time that they were really having issues as a tag team anyways. Um, but it was it was definitely one of my favorite uh, heel turns. Certainly, certainly. Uh, now, and JML, of course, you would I'm sure agree with me when, uh, about this, about this statement, that as a result of what Shawn Michaels did to Marty Jannetty, of course, Marty Jannetty could not compete in the 92 Royal Rumble. Yeah. So he had he had suffered a concussion as a result of being thrown through that window. Yep. Uh, so yeah, he was. I think what Nikolai Volkov took his place. Yes, I think one of the nasty boys couldn't compete either. I think he was replaced with Haku. I think. Yeah. It was ninety-two Rumble. Yeah. Ninety-two Rumbles, probably the greatest pay-per-view of all time, in my opinion. But. Oh yeah. Oh, I would agree. Of course, we talked about that Friday night. That was. Uh, 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think we should just have a, a whole show devoted to 92 Rumble. Well, that's... Uh, I think that's not a bad idea. I think we definitely have to mark that down as all, as a bunch of these great ideas uh, do for the show. Uh, Gerard, your overall thoughts on uh, this heel turn that started out for Shawn Michaels, which would uh, sure be a little bit more beneficial for him just on down the road in his career. Uh, yes. Yes, it was. Uh, did very good for him. It was very awesome. Super kick, breaking glass. So it's all good for the heel tactics. And, uh, his look even was good when he, like, did that. Um, it fitted him very well. Certainly. Now, J-Mail, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't there a story that came out of not too long ago that, um, uh, in, in reference to that event that happened, in reference to what happened when Shawn Michaels um, threw Gennady through that glass window, uh, wasn't um, there was some something some some story out recently about um, somebody getting paid back for that window being broken in the first place? When there's something like, out there, there was a kayfabe story. So it was like one of those make fun of articles, like fake articles. Right. They're trying to be okay. funny. Oh, okay. So it was kind of like an April Fool's story. Yeah. I see. So it was not a, okay, it was not an accurate okay. No. I thought I heard something about that, about that. I don't know if they said it was like Brutus or somebody was had gotten paid back for the broken window from that uh <laughs> and, 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 poor, and poor Marty Jannetty, um, because anytime a tag team breaks up now, it's like, oh, who's going to be the Jannetty? <laughs> oh, Lord. And, and, you know, I mean, he did have a cup of coffee with the Intercontinental Championship. I mean, he wasn't a complete bust, but, you know, compared to the success that Michaels had, it just, you know, kind of pills in comparison. Um, but, again, I think if you look back, that was one of the more important heel turns to happen, you know, ever in, in the wrestling business. And, uh, J.D., did you say you're... you're uh, you say anything about this yet? No, I, I, I agree with you guys. I'm just listening in. I mean, I just wanted to wait till you, I'm taking your time, guys. No, you're right. I mean, it was a fantastic heel turn. I mean, that's what, I mean, for the longest time, they were teaming up in the AWA, and, of course, they got to WWE, and fans loved them and adored them. And then when Shawn went on his own, how a lot of people knew that Shawn was going to become the jerk that he was and loved and hated at the same time. I mean, he's always been a heel and face tweener. But uh, this was one of those moments that... Uh, Got Shawn Michaels even more exposure as time went along. Certainly. Uh, now, Jamie, I think, what was it, prior to WrestleMania 21, they actually got back together for a match against La Resistance? Yes. On an episode of Raw. And then I think on SmackDown, Jannetty went there to take on Kurt Angle, I think. Yes. Um, 
And that also during one of those times, I think it was leading up to the match between Kurt there Angle was, and Shawn Michaels. There was, the there was also a Saturday night's main event, I think, where Jannetty kissed Vince's ass. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. You guys, he was doing that to pretty much everybody. Uh, um, but yeah, I remember that one instance where he did that to Jannetty. He said, "If you want your job, you'll do this." I mean, um, and I think that didn't uh, Angle actually dress up like Shawn Michaels and actually bring out uh, uh, Soul, Sensational Sherry? Yeah, because I think she came up with what would we 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 now know as Shawn Michaels' theme song. Yeah, she, she she was the original singer. She was the original singer of that, yeah. Right. But uh, uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. But like I said, of course, Shawn Michaels has been uh, known to do a lot of things. And uh, <laughs> and this right here, I'm sure, was pretty much one of the huge moments in his career, obviously. Uh, but of course, he would go on to do bigger, bigger, and better things. Uh, we all and we all know what those are. Yep. Uh, one, absolutely. One seven two four 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 seven four 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 WCWS Revolution. On this evening, I have the always phenomenal JML Experience King NWO GTS Javar T Smith, uh, the Hall of Famer Queen Diva, the Black Widow Michelle Lynn Dodds, and the Iceman JD Jared Giraldo from WCWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon at three on. You know where. <laughs> yeah. Chad, I actually got go. a heel. I got a heel turn for you that you guys might be uh, wondering uh, what I'm thinking of, but this might surprise you guys too. Okay, uh, Jane Bell, um, uh, you care to hear what uh, this one here that J- JD has for us? I'll say my one. I'll say another one, and then JD could uh, get go his. Ahead. And yeah. then yeah, I have one that. Sure. I have one that I, I would like to end with. Um, so, but let me say this one first. We could probably just rattle through this one, and then we go to JD's, and I think we would have time for for another one. Absolutely. JML, go ahead and lead the way there, my man. Um, I would say one of recent memory that worked out pretty well would be Seth Rollins turning his back on Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose and joining the authority. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, of course. What what was unexpected about that is out of the three members of the Shield, he was probably the least likely you thought to turn against them. Uh, everyone's like, oh, you know, Ambrose or Reigns. No one would bring up Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins was the one that did it, but then after it, after he turned on them and you thought about it retroactively, like it all made sense. Oh, they were calling him the ar- architect of the shield. Um, he was, you know, he threatened to kind of leave the group. I think in before the match they had against the Wyatt family. And also the way that they were showcasing Seth Rollins a little bit more in the in the matches that they had uh, mm-hmm. towards the tail end of the Shield run, like they had a, a renewed focus on Rollins. That you're like, oh wait, I should have seen this coming, but I didn't. And now that I've seen all this stuff, like I'm kicking myself in the ass for not seeing it coming. Right. Um, and 
essentially now you that that broke them into three individual solo careers. That is, I think for the most part, for all three of them, have worked out pretty well. Not everyone has to win the the big titles to be deemed successful. Uh, Ambrose has main evented many pay-per-views. Roman Reigns main evented WrestleMania. He won the Royal Rumble. Um, Rollins and Ambrose have probably had the best feud over the last couple of years um, with some of the best matches as well. Um, so I, I appreciate the whole the whole Seth Rollins field turn and a lot of people didn't think he could pull it off and I think he's done a pretty damn good job of being a heel. Um, he's kind of taken the CM Punk spot uh, since CM Punk no longer works for WWE. Like, to me, Seth Rollins is the new best in the world. Certainly. Absolutely. Uh, I'd like to get everyone's opinions on that. So everyone just, by all means, just talk away on this. I have to once again step out. I will be right back. Got to drop the kids off in the pool. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> I'll be right back. Michelle, what do you think? Well, that was definitely one heel turn that shocked me the most, I have to say. Although I knew that they had something up their sleeve to happen. I didn't think that Seth would be the one to turn in the group. However, I thought it was going to be Roman, but that was just me. Um, I think it did some good because he is playing the heel part very well. Uh, it pushed them for a more singles career, although, you know, Ambrose and uh, Roman still team up. Uh, One that definitely shocked me, like I said, I really didn't expect it to be Seth, but I think it was a good move in part on WWE for doing that. Like I said, he is a good heel. Um, That's all I have to say. (laughs) Fish boy, fish man. I'm hooked. Um, yeah, I was hooked actually uh, when Seth Rollins did that. Uh, uh, everybody knows him on Team Rollins. Uh, makes a great heel, and I'm glad he did it. And I'm glad he's having the career that he's having. Yeah. Now, to give you some insight, the previous show that Gerard and I used to host, The Brew. We talked about the Shield, like, when are they going to break up? Who's going to be the breakup, breakout star of the Shield? And I don't think any of us said Seth Rollins at any point during those shows. Um, but he's proved us all wrong. And so far, I would, I would venture to say he's the most successful member of the Shield. Yes. JD, for yes. thoughts. Um, if you remember the night before they took on uh, Blue Tista and, of course, uh, yes. Evolution, 
and you kind of knew the next night something was going to happen. I remember that night very well, however. I mean, the Shield was still a group, and they were good as a group, mind you. But the next night, however, you knew they had to set up something for the next pay-per-view. And when Rollins betrayed his Shield brothers, however, I mean, you could tell Dean was like looking at him and he's like, what the are you doing, however? And he didn't care. I mean, Rollins basically sold out, however, in a word, however. He didn't sell out. He bought in. Well, yeah, but the fans chanted, you sold out, but you're right, he said afterward he bought in, of course, and that, was, of course, began his uh, arrogant cockiness heel turn in a way, which he's had for a while now, which is good. Like I said, I mean, they were good down in NXT as a group, I remember watching some film of them before they came up to WWE, and I had heard about some of these guys, I mean, I didn't know much about them when they first came in to NXT, but as time went along, I to like them and then when they made their debut however a lot of people were like who are these three guys and what are they standing for it's sort of like an nwo invasion in a way however i mean you had a big tall guy in rome and you had a medium small guy in dean and of course you had a middle average man in seth so i mean it made sense to bring those three in and i think when they came in however they definitely made an impact without question absolutely yeah good point. absolutely good Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, has everyone given their thoughts and opinions did, about the? Did, uh, did you have it? Bluetista. Bluetista, because he wore the blue trunks and the blue boots and the blue gloves. Oh, Bluetista. Bluetista. Yeah, he had the blue gloves too. He looked like a blueberry. Yeah, it was very right. awkward. Yeah, and if you remember, the way he left was funny. He just like waved goodbye. Goodbye. Do you think we'll ever see him back? Uh, I think that ship has sailed. Uh, you think about it, like, he's he was in the biggest movie of last year, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Hey, he's uh, he's going to be filming the sequel for that. He's just got done filming Spectre, the yep. next Bond movie. He has several other movies lined up. Uh... I mean, I might we might see him appear in an event, but I don't know if he's going to wrestle. Yeah. And right. It's a shame because I would have loved to see or seen Lesnar versus Batista. <laughs> what about what about Batista versus Owens? <laughs> or even this doozy. This doozy here, a fatal four-way. Michelle might have to cover her ears because she'll get so excited that she might just no, I'm not covering my ears. combust. Uh, John Cena versus yeah. Randy Orton versus mm. Lesnar versus mm. Batista. Mm. <laughs> mm. Are they going to be wearing leather? In an OVW reunion match. I like, mm. I like it. I like that too. Absolutely. Uh, Can you take that to WWE JML? And they all broke at the same time. You know, like I think that would be phenomenal if they somehow get all four of those egos to agree to do that match. Um, that might be one of the biggest main events in the history of the company. Yeah. Can you tweet uh, WWE, please? I don't tweet. I'm not Damn a tweeter. Damn it, then I'll do it. 
I'll do it. Uh, what? Hello? I'm here. Yeah, I'm yes. here. Yeah. Oh. Yes, right here. Yeah, right here. Right here. I didn't spontaneously uh, combust. I'm still here. Okay. Uh, so we have Seth Rollins, right? Now, uh, that was the last heel turn we talked about. I think J.D. wanted to talk about a heel turn. Go ahead, J.D. Thank you. Yes. This Please. is kind. Of, this is kind of a questionable heel turn, but it was a little bit of a heel turn for a while, if you remember. Bob Backlund. With the whole Bret Hart thing, when he snapped. Right, and he went a little crazy and everything like that. I mean, it was a little bit. I mean, and he attacked Arnold Skoland, if you remember. Uh, it was a heel turn. It was a little bit of a heel turn there for him. Uh, it was a heel. I would say it was a full blown heel turn, and he won the WWE title for what. A day, three days, whatever it was. Something like that, and then Nash beat him in eight seconds in MSG. Um, yeah, I mean, I was... I was eh. It was kind of a weird... That was a weird storyline. Yeah. Yes, it was. Uh, but, uh, of course, uh, you know... Uh, Bob Backlund and Bret Hart in the I Quit match. I believe it was WrestleMania 11. 11, yes. Uh, uh, of course, uh, the man that we paid tribute to on Friday, the late great Roddy Roddy Piper, was the referee in that match. Uh, uh, you know, he was he was just right there shoving the microphone and either in Backlund's or Hart's face <laughs> right there. <laughs> Backlund, no, Hart, no. I think one time I think Piper asked Hart and he said, Hell no <laughs> Yeah. So uh uh but uh um but anyway uh of course what of course what we saw um of course at that same event um while um they were doing the uh I think one of the guys from NYPD Blue was uh, was a guest, I think he was like a guest reporter or something. Next to Toro. That's right. And he actually uh, was going around trying to find out what happened to Pamela Anderson. And uh, and Bob Backlund was in the back with Jonathan Taylor Thomas from Home Improvement at that back there playing, playing chess. chess. Oh, yes. was, was, it check, was it checkers or chess? Chess. I just watched it the other night. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'll, I'll tell you what, though, uh, I got a good story of him. I actually had a chance to shake hands with him when I was in New Orleans a few years ago, and he had the suspenders on. And Jonathan Taylor Thomas? No, Backlund. Oh, I was like, oh, uh, say say hi to Simba, but uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, say hi to Simba. No, but he was actually he wasn't in character, but he was just so humble with everyone, and he had a big grin on his face. And he was funny and energetic, and people were talk coming up to him. And I said to him, I remember I said to him, I remember watching a video of you not too long ago, how from your match in the Iron Sheik and everything from 1983. And uh, he says thank you, I was very appreciative, and he shook my hand. And I almost tried, to, I wanted to get my picture taken with him, but I didn't have a camera with me at the time. Otherwise, I would have had it. But like I said, he a lot of people were talking stories about when they uh, he took on superstar Billy Graham and all those things and. He was just one of the most down-to-earth people you ever want to meet. So if you ever get a chance to meet him, uh, do so. He is a very, very nice individual, let me tell you. Of course, that unreleased Collector Series DVD of, of that gentleman who we know as now know as uh, Double H. You love, you love, I, 
Gerard, is this the only DVD that that Chad has? No, I have pl- I, I have plenty more of them. But I mean, but we keep talking about this. Just keeps reminding me of all of these moments. But this I was a match. I don't think this DVD ever leaves your uh, your player. Well, well, for imitation, I can keep a, a wrestling DVD in here for about maybe a week's time before I change it over. Right now, as a matter of fact, all week long, I've had the Goldberg DVD in, in my system. So. Uh, well, I, thought that one I, thought, I thought you were going to have the unreleased CD match collection. Well, <laughs> well, I got the Quake well, DVD, and I'm watching that tonight. I'll tell you guys tomorrow night how that is. Believe me. The who? But also, the Click. Yeah, I've watched some of it already. It's pretty good. Nice. Yeah. But uh, the match I'm referring to was actually Bob Backlund had defended the belt against Double H. It was back in 1980. Um, and they didn't have the actual announcers doing this. They had Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler actually calling uh, calling the play-by-play on because on several of these matches they had on this DVD set. And um, uh, this is when Ho- this is when Double H was a heel uh, at the time. Um and of course, Bob Backlund was being managed by, uh, like you mentioned, Arnold Scullin. And uh, uh, Bob Backlund, you know, really proved, you know, that he can you know, compete with a lot of these guys that are much bigger than him, and uh, you know, kept in shape and all that good stuff. So, yeah, uh, of course, I think what was it a couple of years ago he, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Finally. Yep. Yes. Okay. And uh, now, since uh, Double H has went away, we might see the return of. Uh, Another classic character, Mr. America. He might come back. Do you think they would sign him back on to do that? Um, oh, my God. That would be the most hysterical thing ever. I think I would shit myself. Hmm. I, I would do it. Everybody will know who it is. I mean, and, uh, and the, I, the I, would cry, the I would cry. That's, that's how amazing it would be. I'm crying now thinking about it. The dead giveaway would be the music. It has oh, to be. God. Yeah. I mean, that's what it was the first time around. Everybody had an idea of who it was. I mean, they even showed a clip one time of Mr. America taking off his mask and he was revealing as who it was. I mean, it was a no-brainer. I mean, the music was a dead giveaway right there. I said, oh, Lord, don't tell me he's trying he's trying a whole new gimmick. I mean, after, you know, doing this sort of thing for a long time. But, uh, of course, the little thing he had going on with uh, Piper, you know, during the time that he was doing the Mr. America thing, that was, oh, man, that was classic. That was absolutely <laughs> The line absolutely. the lie detector test? Yeah, that. And also, I'll, I'll remember when uh, uh, Zach Gowan, that situation, too. Yeah. Uh, of course, Piper, as I mentioned before, Piper, I'm sure, was red in the face after, he, but, he, of course, he didn't realize that Zach Gowan had an artificial leg, but uh, uh, unbelievable. One it is unbelievable. It is. one seven two four 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 seven four four four. WCWS Revolution uh, rolls on with all heel week here as I have the always phenomenal JML experience, King NWO, GTS, Gerard T. Smith, the mm-hmm. Hall of Famer, Queen Diva, Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, and J.D. Jared D. Geralino from WCWS Raw Radio, which you can catch him every Monday afternoon at 3 right here on TalkShoe.com. Um, let's see. Well, we got about 
thirty some minutes here. Um JML, you care to throw out your uh your uh remaining um uh, favorite heel turn there? Well, yeah. Well this one since uh we have the segue, this would be the NWO revealing their third member and that being the immortal double H and uh that was to me the holy grail and will always be the holy grail of heel turns. Uh the reaction was incredible with all the debris that went into the ring. It was speculated for a very long time who it would be. Uh, not many people named Hogan. I'm gonna say his name there. Uh and to me there hasn't been a heel turn since that's lived up to the reaction that that one got. And it set the stage for quite possibly the the greatest angle in professional wrestling history and one of the greatest groups as well. And uh, it took someone who wasn't a heel for... 13, 14 years made him heal. Not only made him heal, but made him the biggest heel in all of wrestling. Revitalized his, his character so much so that he ended up uh, still competing for God, almost another decade. It added almost another decade onto his career. Well, another decade onto his career uh, as an in-ring competitor. And, uh, uh, to me, nothing else tops it. Of course, uh, uh, of course, what, the the uh, interview that he gave after this in, after this took place, um, telling that pretty much everybody to stick it. Uh, um, it sh- it shocked the whole it shocked the whole world pretty much. Uh, of course, we did the. I think what what did it was the leg drop on Randy Savage, right there. Uh, of course, Bash the Beach in 1996 is the infamous event where this took place. Uh, now, of course, they talked. I remember on this DVD about Sting. You know, they uh, they had a Nitro from uh, Disney. It was an outdoor event, I think. And um, one of the uh, matches they had there that night was a match between Sting and Arn Anderson. Uh, and, you know, during that match, Hall and Nash actually made an appearance and interrupted the match. But uh, Arn Anderson really, um, you know, in a sense, took control of that match whenever uh, Sting. Uh, was like I said distracted by like I said by the outsiders, um, and when Arn Anderson thought he had had it won, Sting did the Scorpion Death Death Lock on the Double A and, and won that, and uh, Randy Savage actually came out there too, try to get himself a piece of the outsiders, and of course the battle lines were starting to get drawn right there, uh, uh, leading up I guess to the next uh, big time pay per view and. Which they saw, uh, of course, Luger and Sting versus the Outsiders. I think the Giant, who we now know as the Big Show, defended the belt against Double H. Um, of course, um, there was a 
that there, like I said, the battle lines were starting to get drawn around that time, and that was that really, in a sense, Jamie, I'm sure you would agree, they kind of fired up the Monday Night Wars pretty much between WCW and the WWF at that time. Yeah. Uh, so and it and it made so many people that probably never wanted to watch um, WCW watch WCW. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, I, mean, I even heard uh, Double H say one time that he had a he had two monitors in his dressing room. He had one that was a WCW monitor and one that he actually had a WWF monitor. And he was, you know, and they were watching what what they were doing on Raw. And so they they you know he 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 tell them he tell a lot of the writers, okay, this is what they're doing. Let's try doing something better. And I mean. It was all, it was amazing about that. Um, of course, that lived on for, what, uh, three years, I think, that he did this? Yeah, uh, well, a little over three before he little. turned face again. And then, of course, the the Nitro before Road Wild 99, he brought back the red and yellow uh, in a six-man tag with him and Sting and Goldberg versus Kevin Nash, Skit Sid Vicious, and Rick Steiner, and 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 uh, uh, and of course Hulk Hogan. Uh, Whoa! Double H. Okay, I did it. I know. I know. It's a best of habit. You kiss, I know. You kiss your mother with that mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually do. Uh, <clears throat> um, anyway, <laughs> Double H. Uh, scored the win in that, and therefore Kevin Nash had to put his career on the line as well as Double H's being on the line in the title match at Road Wild. Um, yeah, of course, we saw Sting and Vicious, which was a great match there, and of course Goldberg and Steiner was an awesome match there, in my personal opinion. Um, but uh, but I found that, that that match is of course flying all over YouTube right now, and I've actually found it two or three different times. And uh, and this was not too long after I think Sting took the power away from Ric Flair in WCW. Uh, so uh, right now, at that point in time, I think it was J.J. Uh, Dillon and Dusty Rhodes kind of running, running, running WCW until like an actual president would be put in place. Yeah. Uh, so that's right. So, uh, well, J.D., your overall thoughts on Double H's uh, uh, heel turn, which which spawned the NWO. It was the greatest heel turn of all time. I remember I was watching it with my friends that night. However, I mean, I, that was the night we also saw, uh, well, I think it was that night, or it was maybe the month before we saw Young Ray Jr. taking on the Iceman, Dean Malenko. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people were guessing at that time, if you remember how, or who the third person would be. I mean, we talked about Bret Hart earlier. There was talk that Bret Hart was talking about maybe leaving WWE, and his contract was up. Course. Meanwhile, he was off filming a movie, which was Lonesome Dove, but a lot of people thought at that time, and even Brett talked about it on his DVD, that WCW was starting to womb at this point, and uh, that was not the case. But uh, everyone had their own guesses as to who that third mystery person would be, and when Hogan came out, however, and uh, did the infamous leg drop of doom, however, it was like uh, Babe Ruth calling his shot, however. He, it's like everyone was, their jaws hung on the floor, and they could not believe that Hogan had actually gone back to being a heel for the first time since his early years, however, and I think it uh, definitely got uh, people talking and 
definitely started the Monday Night War and continued, basically kicked off the Monday Night War, I should say. I mean, it was already kicked in somewhat, but it got kicked in all the way in, however, and basically broken off its hinges when Hogan came through. Certainly. Uh, Michelle, your overall thoughts on uh, on this heel turn by Double uh, H, which spawned the uh, NWO? Hold on. I think Gerard should go first since he's Mr. NWO, honestly. Oh yes. Oh we we, we definitely gotta hear we got we definitely gotta hear his majesty's opinion about this. Uh your highness, if I may <laughs> have an audience with you. <laughs> um, um yes. Um and you know, and I'll you know what we're talking about, so I'll just go ahead and let you let you come on in here, bud. Um, Shock like everybody else was. Uh, I did not think it was him, and um, just uh, it did well for him. And uh, because, like everyone said, he was like top baby face, and then switched to the top heel. No pun. Well, yeah, I guess his little pun. Um, <laughs> So, uh, I thought it was great. I love when uh, big uh, faces turn to heels. Well, and also, you probably love the fact that he told the fans they can go stick it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No lie. (laughs) And then, of course, Sting on Nitro after that encounter with Arn Anderson was being here to him and Savage. And uh, Sting responded by saying, "You you go stick it. So, uh, that was one of the most infamous ones. Uh, uh, Michelle, uh, let's go ahead and hear your thoughts. Well, I agree with everyone on what they said. Uh, Hulk Hogan turning was definitely a shock, just like everyone said. I didn't expect it, uh, but I think if first, everybody hated it, but then eventually it did good for his character once everybody started, you know, jumping and getting on the NWO bandwagon, per se. Right. Yeah. Right. And I have one more heel turn. Oh, yes. JML laid on us. So, Vince McMahon, the announcer, becoming Vince McMahon the from out of the announce booth to the CEO company chair person owner of WWE Mr. McMahon character um, and it's hard to pinpoint the official heel turn so to speak but uh, you had the whole Brett screwed Brett that irritated people uh you had him and Austin going back and forth. Um, but I think for me was after WrestleMania 14, him coming out um, with uh, Austin trying to make him like the corporate champ. Austin giving him the stunner once again. Then you had the, the Raw the next week where he essentially just started to make Austin's life a living hell and he named Dude Love as the number one contender. And uh, if you think about it, without the Mr. McMahon character, 
how well how well would Austin have done? Like he needed that that foil and Mr. Wynn was that foil for him. So I think of heel turns, you know, like the Mr. McMahon one has to be up there. Um, most people don't even know that to start watching that McMahon was a commentator. Mm-hmm. It's uh, what a you know, interesting change. You know, uh, I think really, like I said, to deal with you know, guys like Bret Hart and Stone Cold really. Uh, really kind of pushed McMahon to the point to where, you know, he had to, um, you know, had to, he really kind of stepped up his game and all that by turning himself into, like I said, Mr. McMahon and uh, really uh, <laughs> really you know, laying, laying down the law on pretty much every single every single WWF, WWF slash WWE superstar there is. Yep, and uh, he was arguably the, the best heel from that nine the years ninety eight, ninety nine, uh, even a little bit of two thousand, like that character was gold. Still is today. Yes it is. And of course who can forget to deal with the higher power oh, angle. It was me, Austin. It was me all along. And then of course we know what happened there, uh Stone Cold became the CEO of the WWF for a time. Um, and of course, I think prior to that, I think uh, uh, the following pay per view, I think they had uh, Jamie Credit, if I'm wrong, that had the handicap. I think Austin made a handicap match him versus both Vince and Shane. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, and he actually made some pretty interesting matches that on that Raw after the higher power was, like I said, revealed. And uh, of course, I remember Triple H versus The Rock in a cast match, which was kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, Shane McMahon in a handicap match versus uh, Kane and X Pac. Um, uh, I think that he gave Big Show, Ken Shamrock, and Test any any match that they wanted. Yeah. Um, so it was. Uh, that was a that was that was a very unique twist. Of course, uh, over the edge '98, I believe it was whenever McMahon made himself the referee, made Pat Patterson the announcer, made Jerry Briscoe the uh, uh, bell ring, the the timekeeper. Yeah, yeah, that's, right. yeah that, that's when it was. It was a Milwaukee against Mick Foley. Do love, yes. Yeah, do love, yes, and of course, do love. In on in on the whole thing, and uh, uh, of course, uh, someone stepping up and volunteering to make sure McMahon called the match down the mi- middle. Of course, that was the Undertaker. Uh, uh, definitely, definitely loved that role in that. Uh, but McMahon was knocked out towards the end of the match. Um, another referee came in to try to count one, two, three. Pat Patterson pulled him pulled him out and knocked him out. And then Pat Patterson came went in there to try to count one, two, three. Undertaker pulls him out, choke slams him through a table, and then Briscoe comes in there. He tries to do the same thing, and then Undertaker choke slams Briscoe through the table, uh, and then uh, and then when McMahon, uh, I mean when Austin gave Dude Love the stunner and had him pinned, 
he actually took McMahon's hand and said, because McMahon said it was by my hand only, and he actually bounced McMahon's hand down three times, and boom, that's how he won the match. And Undertaker told the time to get, ring the bell. Yeah, I saw him pointing right at it, ring the bell. So <laughs> uh, another, um, and of course I remember, I think it was the night, wasn't it the night after WrestleMania when he won the belt that McMahon challenged him to a title match? Uh-huh. And, and McMahon uh, actually uh, heard uh, Austin say one time, said, you, you said you can beat me with one arm tied behind your back, and he actually did it. I think, I think that, isn't that how the, dude, the thing with dude love actually starts? Yes. Okay. Um, like I said, he can be, he, he can, uh, you know, he can, you know, do the right thing one minute. The next minute, he can, you know, just stab people right in the back. I mean, um, of course, I, you got to talk about to uh, towards the end of the match at Royal Rumble 2013, the championship match between The Rock and uh, CM, what does it say? And I think uh, right towards the end, right at The Rock, everyone thought The Rock had the match won. The lights went out, and everyone suspected it was the shield that actually uh, was attacking the rock. Uh, and then CM got back in the match, pinned the rock, and boom, he, he won, the, won the championship. And all of a sudden, here comes here comes Vince McMahon saying that, uh, of course, uh, you know, the lights went you don't know if it was a shield or not or whatever. And he was actually about to strip CM of the belt. And I remember the rock saying, you're not going to take that belt away from him. I am. Yep. And, and he and he told me, man, to restart the match, and boy, did he ever. And and, you, and, and the crowd went nuts. The crowd went nuts. May I ask a question? Yes, please. Kind of a little bit off topic, but uh, why, why are we referring to Hulk Hogan as Double H and, we, and CM as... as you know, and you can't in CB. And why, why are we referring to them like that? Can I just ask that? JML, can you give a better explanation as to why we are doing this? Oh, JML had to uh, step out. Uh, he had. He had. Gerard, can you can you give me a little bit better explanation as to why we're um, doing the initial thing when we're talking about these particular superstars? Uh, uh, because WWE like erased their names? Right. That's, I mean, that's why, I mean, right? I think so. I think, I mean, didn't J-Mail mention, you know, uh, you know, every time we try to mention, like, you know, uh, CB or CM or whatever, you know, every time we said the name, you know, you know, everybody started saying who, you know. Um, um, I think, okay. Okay, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, and, and, don't, and don't, don't get me wrong, Michelle. I mean, uh, you know, I respect, you know, their each of their talents that, that they, in, in the ring and all that, but, you know, they, it's, Gerard, you, you might have a better, a better thought on this as to, what I'm trying to say here. Um, Not really. It's just uh, WWE is trying to erase them from their history. Uh, those three guys, 
But so, I mean, and, and don't don't get me wrong, Michelle. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's right for them to do that. That's my personal opinion. But. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that, that's a valid question. That's a good question. That's a valid question. Uh, uh, but I think JML might have a better, might have a better uh, explanation as to, because he he mentioned he, he I think Gerard, I think JML pretty much said it best as to why I think. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'd like to hear what he says. Well, he, like I said, he stepped away, I think he said for me. He said he'd be back here shortly. But in the meantime, uh, 1-724-444-7444, WCWS Revolution on this evening. As, as of course, as I mentioned, we have the always phenomenal J-Mail experience, uh, as well as the Black Widow, Hall of Famer Queen Diva, Michelle Lynn Dodds, King NWO, GTS, Gerard T. Smith, as well as... J.D., the Iceman, J.R.D. Geronimo from WCWS Raw Radio, which can be heard Monday afternoons at 3 right here on TalkShoe.com. Uh, while we await Jam, for J.M.L. Uh, J.M.L., Michelle brought up a question. It is... It, and, oh, and I'll just, no, 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 no. Well, you might be able to explain it a little bit better than me about why we use the initials when we talk about three certain superstars. I'm sure you know who I'm referring to. Michelle just simply has a question as to why we do that. Well, CB is a murderer. Uh, CM cracked all over professional wrestling uh, to make a buck. And uh, HH is a very uh, hot topic right now. So I, I I I've decided to not or try not to uh, say his name. It's 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 because of I'm sure like I said they all have something you know huge involving them and and is that the best assessment right there, JML? Pretty much. There's a lot of controversy. A lot of controversy. That that's. That's the word I was trying to look for, Michelle. That's pretty much what it is. It all pretty much, all three of them pretty much had some sort of controversial situation happen, and and of course, like as like as like we all said, WWE is just trying to knock him out of history for good, and which 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 you know, the only one I still don't understand to this day is HH, despite this situation that's happened with him. I still said it was wrong to try to wipe out a try to wipe out a 30-plus year career. You know, everything that he has done for the business, if it wasn't for him, he wouldn't have WWE in the first place, in my personal opinion. I'm sure a lot of folks feel the same way here. But, but, uh, but, 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 but Michelle, Michelle, your question was very, was valid. I mean, that's, that's a good point. And, but, uh, uh, J-Mail, any final wrestling thoughts this evening? Um, no. Yeah. Uh, very good heel, uh, heel turn tonight, J-Mail, by the way. Thank you very much for your contribution here tonight. Um, JD, any final wrestling thoughts you have this evening, sir? 
No, not much to report, but uh, we have been hearing how there is reports now saying that The Undertaker could be competing at the Survivor Series in November. And as I said earlier, hopefully tonight I will be watching one of my uh, famous DVDs, uh, either the Click one or uh, I was watching earlier today Shawn Michaels from the Vault Tower, so I might watch that, the second disc. So uh, other than that, no, not much else to report. Uh uh, JML, do you think we possibility we might see Undertaker at Survivor Series as J- JD has mentioned? Yes, without a doubt. I would I would place uh, wagers on that right now. I'd make bets involving anything that you want me to do. Uh, yeah, so he, it's the 25th anniversary since his debut, and uh, as long as he's healthy enough to compete, he's going to compete. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see him and Kane at Survivor Series. Absolutely. Now, has he been working out somewhat to try to get himself in uh, good fighting shape again, J-Mail? He's in good fighting shape now. It's just he has to survive the Beast incarnate. Which is going to be a very epic match at SummerSlam. I can, I can, I can already see that now. They should, make also, that, they should make that a hell in a cell. I, that's one thing I mentioned. Yes, they need to give that. It can't be a regular match. Uh-huh. No, no, no. You cannot. I mean, you got two of the biggest guys ever, and after what we saw several weeks ago on Raw, this is not going to be your typical match. This is going to be a. This is going to be a a war. It's going to be an epic fight. It's going to be a slobber knocker times ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Those two, I mean, they could go all over the Barclays Center. They could all go outside in the streets. I mean, this is going to be a war like no other. I mean, Paul Heyman's going to have a freaking coronary. Yeah, I would yeah. say so. Certainly. Uh, but yeah, well, I think a little factoid, little factoid for, for you guys. Paul Heyman managed both men. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember what Undertaker, what Undertaker's character was at that point. I remember... Me and Mark Callis, skyscrapers. Him and Danny Spivey. Yep. That's right. That's right. Okay. And, of course, uh, I remember seeing Starcade 90. I remember that tag team, the skyscrapers, making an appearance, but it was, of course, Danny Spivey and Sid Vicious. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, yes. Take her luck earlier yeah. that year. Yeah, right. But, I, but if a cell can't contain that JMA, I mean, what else do you think they would do for Lesnar or Undertaker? I mean, well, like JD said, they might just make it a New York City street fight and say, "F it." Oh, yeah, just just go all over the place and just tear just just tear each other apart. I mean, I mean, you, I mean, who would be the who would be the winner there? I mean, just the one from which I would survive. My God. You know the the thing that's that's missing with this whole feud is that I wish Paul Bearer was still around because yes. the, the promos between Bearer and Aiden would be incredible. Oh shoot, yeah, one hundred one hundred percent incredible. I mean, uh, I'm sure he's going to have a front row seat looking look, looking down on that. I can tell you that right now. Uh, M- Michelle, any final wrestling thoughts for, before we leave for this evening? 
Nope. And, <laughs> and I'm going to love this answer. Uh, Your Highness, any final wrestling thoughts before we leave for the night? Well, let me think. No. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, on that note, goodbye, ladies. <laughs> JML, good night, my friend. And uh, for the always phenomenal JML experience, uh, the Iceman JD Jared Girolamo, King NWO TTS Gerard Smith. And the Hall of Famer, Black Widow, Queen Diva, Michelle Lynn Dodds. This is Mr. WCWS Chad Henshaw. And, of course, join us tomorrow night on NWO Wolfpack at 9 o'clock right here on TalkShoot.com, where our big heel, uh, as our all-heel week continues, with a look, with a, with a look at uh, Piper versus the NWO. That's the best way I can call it. Uh, truly phenomenal. Truly phenomenal. And so, like I said, WCWS Revolution, as always, 1724-444-7444. And join us tomorrow night for NWO Wolfpack. And we'll see you in the ring. Take care, and God bless. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. I'm still here. Yeah. Stand by there, bud. Just want to tell you I won't be here on Friday. Okay. okay. Because, just give you a heads up on that now, because uh, my girlfriend's one friend from New York's in town, and we're going to the ball game. And then next Friday night, however, I won't be on either. 